Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast where we dig into God's Word together and find life through Jesus Christ. My name is Ben Blakey. It's Friday, the 17th of July, 2020. As I've tried to navigate the chaos of the year 2020, a variety of things and resources from articles and books and conversations with my own father have drawn my attention to another chaotic time in American history. And that was the time of the 1960s. And if you go back and you you, you think about it, there were a lot of wild things that happened in that decade. Our country came to the brink of nuclear war with the Soviets in the Cuban Missile Crisis. A president was assassinated in broad daylight in 1963 as John F. Kennedy was killed. Race relations were a big part of of the discussion during that time in our country. And while positive steps were made, there was also a lot of turmoil going on related to these issues. And a lot of it really culminated even in the year 1968, when Martin Luther King Jr. was assassinated. And in response, there was unrest all over the country. And that same year, which was a presidential election year like this one, one of the leading candidates for the Democratic nomination, Bobby Kennedy, the brother of John F. Kennedy, was also assassinated. And in that same year, even, there was a pandemic. Maybe you have heard of the 1968 flu or the Hong Kong flu, a flu virus that originated in China that killed over a million people, estimates say, around the world. Sound familiar? Well, one thing that my attention has been drawn to is not just the chaos of the 1960s, but something that happened really in the wake of that wild time. And that was something known as the Jesus Movement, a time when many, especially young people in this country, were giving their lives to Jesus Christ, where many young people were walking around their college campuses holding their Bibles and reading their Bibles and studying their Bibles and being changed and transformed by the Word of God. Having spent a good portion of my life in Southern California, I have known many people in that region who were impacted during that time and were saved during that time, including both of my parents. But as the craziness in the wake of all that went on in the 1960s, God was doing something and God was bringing about revival. God was turning hearts back to to him through Jesus Christ. Wouldn't you like to see that happen today? Wouldn't you love to see in the wake of 2020 and everything that is going on, wouldn't you love to see a revival, a movement of people toward Jesus Christ? Well, if so, then Psalm 85 is a great thing for us to pray today. And I'd invite you to look with me at Psalm 85 verses 1 through 7. And it seems that this is being written in a time of chaos, in a time when things are not going well. He's saying, restore us again, O God of our salvation. This is in verse four. And put away your indignation toward us. Will you be angry with us forever? Will you prolong your anger to all generations? I mean, yeah, it seems like something isn't, isn't going well. But 
in verses 1 through 3, he's already been remembering what God had done when he had been favorable and forgiven the iniquity and covered sin and withdrew his wrath. And then it, now he's saying, restore us again. Or in verse 6, will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you? Show us your steadfast love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. So as we think through those words, I think those are great things for us to pray. We can look back even in the history of our nation and see different times where it was clear God was working to revive souls, that there was a movement of people, a movement of repentance as people turned from sin and turned to God through Jesus Christ. And that'd be a great thing for us to be focusing our prayers on right now. That in the midst of a time when things are chaotic, we're seeing things that we've never seen before. Our number one priority as Christians would be asking God, pleading with him to work for his glory by reviving souls in the name of Jesus Christ. And we're reminded as we read this psalm that this is that revival or any work of God is not something that we can act like we deserve. I mean, even those first few verses, it's talking about how he was forgiving iniquity. He was covering sin. Or even verse seven, it's it's not about how we deserve anything. It is about the steadfast love of the Lord. And one thing we also need to remember about these works of God we see even throughout history, that they're not something that humans are able to produce. And even when you go back and you look at some of the things of, of the Jesus movement, where it seemed at its most authentic was just where the word of God was simply being preached. And many people will try to drum up revival or create revival through, through some human effort. We have to admit, no, it's only something God can do through the work of his spirit. We can't make anybody get saved. That's something the spirit does as it wakes up our hearts, which we saw in Ephesians yesterday. And so we need to call out to God that he would move, that his spirit would work on people's hearts, and that in the wake of all of this chaos, we would see people move towards Jesus Christ. And let's wait on the Lord. Let's pray and be patient and seek him, seek his face. And remember that revival is first and foremost going to have to start with us, with us as we seek him like never before. And the work, the amazing work that we want to see do, we see exemplified even a little more in Ephesians chapter 2, where today we're looking at verses 11 through 22. And you'll see in verse 11, it starts off by saying, Therefore, remember that at one time you Gentiles in the flesh called the uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision, which is made in the flesh by hands. Remember that you were at that time separated from Christ alienated from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers to the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Now, we don't think as much about this Gentile Jewish divide as maybe they would in this time in the first century, but I'm guessing most of you listening to this right now are Gentiles. And really, you have to admit that this is an apt description of you without Christ, that you were alienated and you were strangers and you had no hope and you were without God in the world. But that's how verse 13 starts. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. That's what we're praying for. 
that people who are far off would be brought near and that we would see God bringing a body of believers together. And there's some amazing things that I see in at the end of this passage. Verse 18 says, for through him, that's Christ, we both have access in one spirit to the Father. That's a great verse even just to think about prayer. We have access to the Father through Jesus Christ and the blood that he has shed for us and by the Spirit, in the Spirit, the Spirit helps us as we pray and we have access to pray because of what Jesus has done. So we bring our prayers to the Father. And then that's what we can do even as we seek God and seek revival. And then I love how it talks about the church, which at this time, this this was kind of a new thing. And seeing Gentiles and Jews brought together in one body in the church of Jesus Christ, that was verse 20 says, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Christ Jesus himself being the cornerstone in whom the whole structure being joined together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Spirit. And you can't help but think that those words were written 2,000 years ago. And that foundation of the apostles and the prophets and Christ being the cornerstone has stood the test of time. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And that word has been proven True is here we are 2000 years later reading the words that the that the apostles and the prophets wrote and continuing to follow Jesus Christ. We have a strong God that we that we can pray to, a God that will work to revive hearts and always make sure that yes the church is still strong no matter how dark the world is getting. I hope this is firing you up like it is me to pray for revival, to trust that, hey, it doesn't matter what's going on in the world. God is going to work through his church, just like he has been now for over 2,000 years. Well, next we go back even more than 2,000 years, 3,000 years ago to 1 Chronicles, where today we read chapters 26 and 27. And here we're coming to the end of the life of King David. And today we're reading more again about how things were ordered. In chapter 26, we're going to be reading about the temple and, and certain gatekeepers and guards and different other things about the capital city there in Jerusalem and how it was organized. Chapter 27, it almost seems like we're learning about the... Uh, the Jewish National Guard under the King David and how different groups would come for one month out of the year to be kind of this protective force or then also just the leaders of tribes. And tomorrow we will wrap up First Chronicles and we'll see more of what King David has to say on his way out before then we get into Solomon and the other kings of, of Judah in Second Chronicles. But we want to wrap up today in Luke chapter 6, where we read a a familiar story. Maybe you, if you grew up in church, you sang the song in Sunday school about the wise man who built his house upon the rock and the foolish man who built his house upon the sand. And the rains came down and the floods came up and the house on the rock stood firm while the house on the sand went splat. If you remember, I, I grew up singing that song. If you didn't, well, humor me uh, as I re- recollect that. But that's what we read here at the end of Luke chapter 6 when Jesus, he, really, he's saying that is a metaphor. 
And the, the person who's building their house on the rock, it's the person that is listening to me and doing what I say. But the one who is hearing me but doesn't do what I say, he is the foolish man that builds his house on the sand. And that's something we need to remember that the most defining thing about your life will be what do you do in response to the words of Christ? And what is ultimately going to make or break your life is not the storms that will come into your life. It is the foundation that your life is built on. I don't know what storms are going to affect you, whether it's financial storms or physical storms or a cancer diagnosis or tragedy or some tragic accident in your life. But what I do know is that those who are listening to Jesus and doing what he says, there will be a stability even in the midst of a chaotic world. And those who are not listening to Jesus, well, there will be turmoil and and there will be destruction even in their lives. So again, as we think about a chaotic year here in 2020, the most important thing about your life is how are you responding to the words of Christ? And what's going to ultimately define you and set up your life for success is not whether you stay healthy this year or whether you keep your job this year or whatever the government does in response to this virus. What's going to make or break your life is are you listening to what Jesus says and are you doing it? So I'd even encourage you to examine what about your life? Are you obeying Christ? Is there a secret sin that you're holding on to? Are you having a right attitude in your home, towards your friends, in your marriage, whatever the case may be? Are you seeking God through his word and through prayer? Build your life on the rock today. And let's pray that we would see more and more people turning to Christ, building their lives on the rock so that as we see chaotic times in the future of our nation, we will see houses and lives that are standing firm because they have been built on the rock of Jesus Christ. Thanks for digging into God's word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out revivalfromthebible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to compassbible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.